This is Year of Raging Winds, an actual play RPG podcast about a makeshift crew seeking adventure and profit on the high seas. I'm Caleb, your host and game master, and you're about to listen to episode one of the show. You might be wondering, what in the world is going on? Where is Crow Inquisitors, and what's up with this new logo? Well, don't worry, I'll explain. After the end of season one of Crow Inquisitors, our gaming group had a player, David, that could no longer meet on our normal day. Back then, Monday nights were game night. So, while we figured out a way to reschedule our normal game, we decided to keep playing on Monday for a little while with the rest of the Crow Inquisitors cast, minus David. We picked a spot in the world of Saragon, one of the cities on the coast of Nuamhati, south of Saran on the Bay of Teco, and came up with a premise for a short, self-contained game we could play in the meantime. The characters are mostly all Verudian, the race that Adam's character Theo was, a mercantile people that have colonized much of the southern part of the continent of Saragon. And the game begins in New Amhati, a colony on a jungle peninsula off the coast of the Bay of Teco that was once populated by one of the ancient Dragonblood empires. That's where Year of Raging Winds comes in. The name comes from the name of the current year in the Garrick calendar. I went into detail with the Garrick calendar on a previous episode of Crow Inquisitors, but the quick summary is that the calendar of the world of Saragon names its years after which month has an extra day, a rotating honor that moves to a new month each year. The names of years in the Garrick calendar have prophetic significance, and the year of raging winds is certainly going to turn out to be a stormy one. If you're just checking out the podcast, or if you've listened to Crow Inquisitors before and still have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry. You don't need to remember every detail of the previous season's worth of content or the lore of the world of Saragon to pick up with this game. As I mentioned before, it's a self-contained little side adventure, so feel free to just enjoy the ride. Year of Raging Winds is a show about a makeshift crew of a merchant vessel, seeking adventure and profit on the high seas. We'll introduce our characters in a moment, but before we do that, I'll give you a quick reminder of how the tabletop role-playing game we'll be using in this podcast, The Burning Wheel, works. The first thing that is important to know about the rules of Burning Wheel is that we use dice to simulate the action when conflict arises in the game. Burning Wheel uses common six-sided dice for all rolls. They're usually rolled in handfuls, and the result of the roll is determined by this factor. Did the die come up as a 4, 5, or 6? If so, it counts as a success toward your goal. If it comes up as a 1, 2, or 3, it doesn't, and is considered a traitor to your cause. The obstacle, or ob as we'll sometimes call it, is the number of successes required to succeed on your goal. That means that you need at least that many six-sided dice to come up as a 4, 5, or 6 to succeed on your stated intent. The amount of six-sided dice you roll is determined by a number next to the character's relevant stat, skill, or attribute. While you won't have any of the character sheets in front of you to reference each character's abilities, we might mention those numbers from time to time. Another rule that's important to keep in mind is Artha. Burning Wheel uses a points-based reward system. Most often, the points are rewarded for creating interesting situations by playing out a character's beliefs and instincts. We'll talk about them in a second. The points that are awarded for this are called Artha. There are three types of Artha, but we'll just discuss the first two. The first is called a fate point. It can be used to open-end a roll after it's been made. That means that any sixes that were rolled are now dice that can be rolled again to possibly get extra successes to help you accomplish your stated intent. If you roll any more sixes, those also re-roll until you don't roll any more sixes. Add up however many more successes this adds to your total roll, and you now have your new result. This can be used to succeed a roll that you initially fail. The second type of Artha is called a Persona Point. 
it is primarily used to add dice to a roll before it is made. They can be spent one for one to add dice to a roll. They can also be used to bail a character out of a situation that will lead to their imminent death, so it's handy to keep one around for emergencies. Each type of Artha has multiple ways that can be used, but it would take a while to go through them all here. Suffice to say that they are special points that can be spent to accomplish the extraordinary. Each character in this first episode begins the game with three fate points and one persona point. Before we get started with the action, let's get a quick rundown of our characters. In the original recording of this session, we spent most of our time making our characters live on air. I figured that would be boring and tedious to listen to, and it would certainly be boring and tedious for me to edit, so I cut that stuff out. But we also workshopped beliefs and instincts during this process, and so didn't feel the need to list bits off again before we got started. So, for your benefit, I'll quickly go through our cast and their bits before we get started. Jared, who played Alphonse in Crow Inquisitors proper, is playing a jovial Verudian merchant lord named Lord Avion Volus. Avion is extraordinarily rich, and has used those funds to purchase the group's ship, a merchant vessel named the Three-Legged Falcon, and finance the expedition proper. Lord Volus has a wife, Talia, a scrappy slave girl he rescued from bondage several years back, and she now worries constantly about his well-being. During her time in the lower end of society, she learned how to defend herself and has taken it upon herself to ensure Avion's safety. Avion's beliefs are, If I don't handle it personally, it won't get done. Therefore, I will stop everyone else from ruining this venture. Even though my wife is crazy, I still love her. I will prevent her from getting herself into trouble. Since everyone is lower than me, it is my responsibility to take care of the lesser. I will take care of Podino. Rulership is my natural and ordained task. Therefore, I will make sure everything goes to plan. Avion has a special trait that allows him to have a fourth belief. Avion's instincts are always solve my problems with money, always take a leadership position, always superior to those around me. His traits are your lordship, mark of privilege, and noblesse oblige. He also has the cultural traits for being a Verudian of light blonde hair, determined, and mercantile. Avion has recently hired a bodyguard, slightly worried about his wife's obsession with keeping him safe, and unfortunately for everyone, chose very poorly. Connor, who plays Cantarius in Crow Inquisitors, is playing Podino in Year of Raging Winds, a disgruntled dragonblood slave-turned-assassin who has it out for the crew of the Three-Legged Falcon. Dragonbloods are a race of reptilian humanoids that are said to have been changed from normal men into animalistic monstrosities by their terrible dragon gods. While the ancient and powerful dragonblood empires are long dead and long forgotten, the citizens of these old civilizations still remain in the jungles of Nuamhadi, and have recently been enslaved by the Verudian explorers and merchants that have claimed the jungles for their own. Podino is a member of this race, and has not been treated kindly by his Verudian masters. Freed from slavery by a group of shadowy assassins, he was granted this gift on one condition. He must seek out and kill a passenger aboard the Three-Legged Falcon. We'll discover more about Podino's mysterious agenda as we play. Podino's beliefs are, I want to kill everyone on this ship. I will start by trying to poison everyone on board. I will make sure that Cadmel dies even if nobody else does. I will start by learning his weak points. Words are more dangerous than knives. I will make sure innocence is always on my side. Podino's instincts are, always go for the throat. Always be planning for the worst to happen. Always try to shift the blame to someone else. Lastly, his traits are desperate, tasting the lash, cold-hearted, sea legs, iron stomach, and aura of innocence, and the cultural traits of exotic, 
honorable, and primitive. Josh, who plays Antonius in our main game, is playing Jontos, a Verudian sailor turned ship's cook, who may not be cut out for the job. Having sustained a leg injury that made it more difficult for him to fulfill his duties aboard a seagoing vessel, Jontos has finally caught a lucky break. His brother Gen, a mercenary hired to protect the three-legged falcon, pulled some strings to get Jontos a job aboard the merchant vessel. While Jontos may not have been a cook before, he's determined to try and prove himself aboard this new ship. Jontos' beliefs are, I want to make the best of my new situation, so I will try and make friends with the crew. My brother has made the best of what life has given him. I will try to do the same. I will start by finding something new to be better at. My brother got me this job as a cook, so I'll be the best flaming cook that I can be. Jontos' instincts are, always look for the best in a situation. Always have a good story. If there's drinking to be done, I'll be part of it. His traits are, drunk, maggot connoisseur, and unlucky, and the cultural traits of, mercantile, light blonde hair, and determined. The last two members of our cast, Trevor and Adam, couldn't make it to our inaugural session, but their characters will be introduced later. Trevor is playing an accountant and former smuggler who is the brains behind the operation using the resources provided by Avion to set up the venture. Adam is playing a conspicuous stowaway who may be more than the crew can handle. For now, let's get started with our three characters and the beginning of the voyage of the Three-Legged Falcon. Time to set sail for adventure in the Year of Raging Winds. Year of Raging Winds. We are taking a little bit of a hiatus from our normal uh, Burning Wheel show, and we are going to play another group of characters who are on a ship voyage. Um, we're going to play. We're going to play that through, and uh, it's probably going to be. I'm going to try to make it very fast paced. Uh, a lot of things are going to happen. For now, it's just us three, so we're going to do that. But we'll go ahead and start into a scene to get to know the characters a little bit, kind of understand what what the situation is. Let's go ahead and so so the ship is on the dock we kind of we kind of fade in to this kind of like jaunty like pirate sounding uh like pirates of the caribbean sounding like string music right so you have this little like fiddle playing um as we kind of fade in and you kind of see like you know the dock workers moving these supplies on board and we don't we don't we don't actually know what is on this ship yet but it's it's important because mm-hmm. i mean we, we know as an audience at this point connor's character wants to kill Trevor's character, or because his, these assassins apparently want to kill him. So, apparently something Trevor is doing, um, most likely related to whatever he's shipping here, is important and is worth killing someone over. So, that's kind of like the framework we have as we, we see these dock workers like pushing these barrels on board and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we, we see, uh, we kind of zoom in um, on Avion. Uh, what do you want to describe Avion for us, Jared? What is, what is Avion like? He looks like the, the guy from Lost, Sawyer. He, he always looks down. He looks down at everyone. 
but at the same time, he's he's real jolly and he feels a certain responsibility since he's so much better than everyone else. Great power comes a great responsibility from basically Spider-Man. How long has Connor been in my service, so to say? No. Oh, just as a little bit of narrative, right before we uh, leave our adventure, sure. I, I give you a bunch of, you know, a few outfits of finery and some uh, ornate knives and whatnot. Because, you know, it's that awesome. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't have my subordinates living in squalor and whatnot. Yeah. Sure. So Connor, or Podina, rather, in inclusion to your, like, simple, like, the prisoner shiv knife that you had, you also have a collection of, like, ceremonial knives, like, ornate-looking stuff, so. Still completely functional. Yeah, it? they are, yeah. And, yeah, so Avion, you, you, mean, you don't even have to roll for that, because you have seven resources, so you just, that would be really Ooh. easy for you to buy, so. He's the financier, correct? Yeah, he financed the whole expedition, so. That's what I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, just for, for reference, Avion and Jontos, you both have the traits mercantile, light blonde hair, and determined. So those are all things that people perceive about you because you are Verudian. Okay. Uh, Connor, what are three traits that define dragonbloods in this area? What are preconceptions that they might have? Ugly. Okay. No. No, exotic. Okay, awesome, yeah. Honorable. Honorable? Okay. Yeah, that, that makes total sense for the Zay Dragonblood, especially. Hardworking. Okay, cool. So so this is interesting. So they actually have a, a relatively good view of them in the sense of, like, their specific traits. They just think that they're lesser because they're not humans. Yeah, okay. So more of a pity and less of a yeah, scowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, but you're just not civilized. You're the noble savage. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, so Avion is walking up to the ship. So you're like walking through all these these dock workers, uh, you know, getting close to the ship. Uh, we're, we'll say that just for for simplicity's sake, you've already met with Trevor's character, like off screen, and talked to him about the about the financing and all that stuff. And he's already gone on board the ship, so you're not meeting him in this scene or anything like that. Uh, so you have to worry about that. But yes, yeah, so you're walking up, and you have your your wife next to you, Talia. She's like a dark-haired beauty, which is uh, a little bit uncommon for this area. Most of the Viridians have, again, the light blonde hair. So she's actually from Taurus, which is a kingdom north of Virudis, uh, or north of New Amhadi, this area, the jungle area that you're in, beyond a mountain range. They're very like militaristic up there, very like noble people. They probably have the closest to what a medieval knight might be in this world. And so she's walking next to... Avion basically like scanning everything, making sure that no one is giving Avion a wrong look. Like she stares down a couple of dock workers who are like staring at Avion's like fanciness. And she just like gives a look like you better not be staring, like go do your job kind of a thing. She like brandishes her weapon just a little bit. She has, has it like slung over her shoulder. She has the, you know, this long staff club thing with the studs on it. And I think we see in her movement, like, she has this tension about her, where she's definitely, like, making sure that no one's looking at you funny, that kind of thing. But she also has this tenderness about the way she walks, because she's next to you, right? Like, she she knows that you're here, and that comforts her. Even though she's worried about protecting you, like, she's also comforted by your presence. And I think mm-hmm. we can see that in the way she walks. She kind of, like, glances at you just slightly and kind of gives you a slight smile, and then goes back to, like, being vigilant over the over the horizon. And then I think we see um 
a very skinny draconic man slinking behind the two of them what does podino look like i just love that name i <laughs> that is one of my favorite names i mean i'm a skinny scaled reptilian um what color are you green is it like a bright green or like a, a darker dark green? green okay so like a or dark forest green yeah dark forest green okay cool awesome uh, i'm very scarred cool cool a lot on like your face area or all around mostly on my torso but a little bit on my face okay too, yeah. So, yeah so you have clothes what kind of clothes are you wearing nice clothes somewhat of the employment of avion some some nice clothes but practical clothes okay yeah. so like utilitarian nice looking like sailors like the like the laced shirt yeah uh, that kind of stuff all right cool uh so yeah so you're slinking behind uh what are you what are you doing exactly like are you gonna talk to anyone or you just follow behind yeah i just follow behind I'll, I'll play the, the quiet character for now. Okay, alright. Where is Jontos while all the three of them are walking on the ship? Probably pestering the dock hands to make sure that they put everything in the right places in the kitchen. Or, you know, when they're okay. bringing in food stuff, so make sure they're packing the larder properly. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, y- again, you have a cooking of two. So are you are you just kind of like bullcrapping your way through this? Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would probably know some mm-hmm. being having grown up on a ship on previous voyages, move stuff around, particularly as a young younger child, mm-hmm. you know, you get sent off to, to peel the potatoes yeah. and that sort of thing. So I have a general idea of how they typically pack a larder mm-hmm. on a ship and a general gist of why you don't pack this on top of the other thing and you know just from conversations and stuff in the past but i you know when it comes down to actually sitting down putting things in pots that's when i that's where i don't have any skill okay okay sure i have i have vestigial skills in that sure i mean i can put together a stew but whether the stew is very good or not yeah 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 so so what i think we do is like we're we're, you know we're following the three of them walking out of the ship and then we cut over to jonthos and yeah, we see him, you know, yelling at Doc Hands, trying who are, who are putting putting all this, you know, the food stuffs in there. Um, and I think actually your voyage is going to be Lu- to Lucerta, um, okay. so that's going to be your your destination. So we might cool. see these characters um, at a later date in cool. Lucerta. So that would be cool. That that's kind of like the the goal here. So so they're packing up, you know, enough food to mm-hmm. last that voyage. And you know, yeah, you're yelling out like. No, 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 no. That's not what the potato is. barrel going. has apples in it. Do yeah. not put the salted fish on top. <laughs> do you want apples that taste like salted fish? So, so, yeah, you're doing that. And I think what we do see is we see Gen uh, walk in. He's ob- very obviously a military man. Um, he has, like, a couple of brooches on his, like, his nice uniform. I think he's actually joined, like, a legitimate mercenary company. They're, like, Marines, basically. So, like, he was hired, um, him and, and some of the other, you know, mercenaries are, were hired by Trevor's character to, to basically protect the ship um, throughout the voyage. They're the, the, the guard. He kind of, like, does the, like, there's this, uh, like, the archway or whatever into, like, the pantry. And he, you, see, you see his hand kind of, like, you know, go there first. And then he kind of, like, leans in. He's like, hey, big brother, how's it going? So at this point, what I did, did I know he was coming on the voyage or is this, I just knew they were going to be mercenaries to guard the ship. And not uh, no, I mean, he, remember he got you the position here. So good point, yeah, good point. You did know that this is the first time you've seen him though, since he, he actually came later than you did. Ah, okay. I'm settling in fine. I think. 
If these fools don't keep stacking the salted meat on top of the citrus fruits, we should be okay. <laughs> he kind of smiles, like, ah, sounds like you're doing well then. So, do you remember much of what mom taught us <laughs> about cooking? <laughs> no, well enough, I would assume. I mean, you get a pot, you put water, and you sort of mix the stuff. And it, it right. Good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you'll do we're great. Good. You'll do great. It'll be great. And he, he, he like walks up to you and kind of like slaps you on the shoulder and he's like, it's good to be back. Together. It is. It is. It'll be hard, I think. Not being up there in the skies with you, but... Oh, I'm not going to be climbing much of the rigging anyway. <laughs> Most of my regular sailor's life is kind of behind me. Uh, oh, is it? And he kind of like, like pulls out those like the rapier and he's like, I'm a man with a sword now. <laughs> Are you one of them? You're one of them. Yeah, they were annoying. I remember that gang of mercenaries. What was it? Third voyage? Third voyage, yeah. <laughs> they were a bunch of jerks. I know. They were gambling, weren't they? And somebody Very lost badly, their, their pocket money to them, if I remember correctly. I made a bad call. It was, I was drunk. Give me a break. I was drunk too, but I didn't lose all my pocket money. <laughs> well, you, that's because you didn't have any pocket money. That's another story altogether. It's either here or there. The point is, <laughs> don't go taking any cabin boy's pocket money, or I'll hear about it. We cooks hear about everything. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. The White Cross, they're better than that. I've really been lucky to be able to join them. I, I think they're good men, and they're, they do good things. I feel you'll do well with them. Yeah, so there's this moment of pause, um, and then he, he kind of like just smiles. He's like, well, I'll see you around. I mean, we're going to be on the same ship for I don't know how many weeks. It's going to be unbearable. <laughs> and he kind of like turns I know. to leave. Yeah. He, he turns to leave, and then he, he goes up, like, up to the archway, and then he looks back and says, take care of yourself. I shall certainly try. That is a spirit. And, and it's, again, so he leaves, and it's interesting because, like, your guys' relationship definitely shifted. He's the one giving you the job and asking you how things are going, um, mm -hmm. and, and you were the one who used to do that for him. How do you tie a square knot, big brother? How do you, how do you unfurl the sails, big brother? And now it's... And yeah, you've been gone, you know, from him for about a year. And he's joined this white cross, you know, apparently he's doing well for himself. And you feel this, you know, this pang of like, I, I've missed some of his life and I'm mm -hmm. never going to be able to live that with him. And he's a mercenary and I, that's something I can't do. Mm -hmm. I could have, maybe I didn't necessarily want to, but it's not something I can do even yeah. anymore. Yeah. I'm going to latch out at the next dockhand coming through. <laughs> okay. it wrong. Awesome. Yeah. So that's where we kind of cut from you. <laughs> you like there's there's this moment where you're just kind of like yeah reminiscing by yourself in the room, and then another doghead comes is in young, with it's younger kid carrying in something. Yeah, that put that there. It goes over there. It's like oh sorry sorry sir. And then he goes over there, sets it down. Then just sort of pat him. Ah no problem. Pat him on the shoulders. Yeah yeah out. yeah. So people are preparing to leave. And they're gonna they're gonna set off soon. It's like early morning. There's been a little bit of a delay in when you're going to leave. You were going to leave like at dawn, but there's some, some delays. So it's it's now about like 9 a.m. And you're just kind of starting to 
to get ready to push off. So yeah, what are what are you all doing? I'm on the deck orating and be like, ah, amen. So you gather everybody around to give a speech. Yeah, it's like, ha amen. We're about to show off on a grand adventure. Smashing. Mm, you're all you've all been hand chosen because you are the best that you do. <laughs> and I'm gonna roll or- oratory. Oratory. Cause... Yep. Uh, so your intent here is to what? Spark their adventurous spirit. All right. Awesome. You can spend a fate to reroll that six, Jared. Okay, so yeah, that's the only one. All right, cool. So you, you do succeed then. So so yeah, they're all like, I mean, none of them really know you. So you're like, you're like this rich, um, you know, investor who he's just been on the sidelines, like giving out the money to Trevor. Um, and, and Trevor's character isn't here, and I'm, we'll have to make up a reason why not, but I think he might be like, he's doing something important below decks, and he can't be bothered right now. Yeah, I'll make up something that was Ledgers, happening. or... I'll, I'll figure it out. So yeah, he's not here, but yeah, the rest of the men are like, ah, this is great, like, because they, they know you by reputation. Um, you're, you're, you're the Volus, you're, you're Avion Volus, one of the most successful merchants in the city. And, and they're all like, I mean, if he thinks we can do it, then yeah, we can do it. Like, this is great. Like, we have so many resources. We have a great ship. We, you know, they're looking around. And they have, like, these high-class mercenaries. Uh, they maybe, maybe skip by Jonto. So they're like, <laughs> maybe the cook isn't so great, but everything else is... <laughs> this isn't that normal. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so they're all like, oh, man, this is going to be a great voyage. Like, the horizon is ahead of us. Uh, we have the open ocean. It's going to be a great, great voyage. Um, and so they all kind of like wander off, split off, disperse, happy, and adventurous, ready to undertake the voyage. Um, and so the captain uh, gives the order and uh, men, you know, they heave off. Uh, they, they do all the rigging stuff. They set up, they hoist the sail and then you're off ready for adventure. Um, what is Podino doing during this time, Connor? I'm assuming that he's going to start Start with some plans here. I'm going to befriend Josh's character. Okay. So you see this awkward looking cook. Awkward looking. Well, I suppose. With your leg, at least. And your, and standing your scar. On, standing awkwardly. It's this kind of striking, dramatic, kind of silvery gray. is healed from something. So I got it younger, fairly average height, kind of athletic build, except that Standing kind of awkwardly, as if his leg doesn't bend right, or the okay, better. as if as if his legs kind of slightly crooked and doesn't bend. What are you currently doing? Can I help you like load stuff onto the ship, like you guys were talking about well, earlier? Everything's kind of been loaded already, right? Can yeah. We... Yep. Okay. So at this point, I think I'm probably going to be making my way back to the kitchen. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of lean on the mast, try to be out of the way, and yet let people clear before I try to make my way back to the kitchen, so that I'm not walking to the kitchen with my bad leg in front of the entire crew. So the idea is just to sort of wait till there's fewer people sure. on the deck. Yeah. So I don't create a big scene. And so I can spend some time above deck before I mm-hmm. go down into the galleys. So that's you see, Podino? Okay. I asked the dumb question to see the cook. Even though I already know. Oh. Just uh, initiate some sort of conversation. Okay. I am the cook, yes. Are you... Looking for something in particular because I don't give out favors. <laughs> I don't take requests. 
Maybe. No, no, no. I'm not, no I'm not going to put in your mother's special ingredient. <laughs> no, no. I, I wanted to offer myself up as a uh, an assistant, sir. I um, am very good with knives. Very good with knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily the kind of thing you go around saying to well, gain I goodwill. Suppose I should. I could put you to work cutting potatoes. But no, no, this is the thing. This is the thing, Caleb. Is is uh, my character is so innocent and inconspicuous that that just becomes right? Okay, okay. Like this adorable thing. Sure, it's, sure. Not this. And oh, he's good with knives. It's he's the noble savage. Remember? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. He, this uh, is just all a part of my plot. I can so tell. Horrible. I mean, yeah. Being a sailor, I'm fairly cosmopolitan, but not to the point where I'm not. Where I don't have any. Any preconceived notions yeah. or any of the common prejudices. Yep. So most yeah. certainly we can find a job for you. I believe I have a bunch of potatoes need peeling for tonight's supper. Oh, be- very good, sir. Very good, sir. I, I will get on it right away. Well, follow me then. And I sort of stump off toward the kitchen, toward the galley. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, we get some we get some montage shots of you like cutting potatoes, and Jonathan's like looking over and saying like. Uh, <laughs> pretty good yeah so so i think um talia comes up to you avion and she says um avion one of those mercenaries was giving you a weird look i think he might be trying to kill you and and this is the thing this is so common like she does this all the time yeah that's not like ah oh, it's it's fine it's fine mm, if, you, if you were to try anything you could surely handle it she kind of like you know, smile slightly like, aw. Alright, well, just be on the lookout, alright? I don't want you to, I don't want anything to happen to you. Aww. So, where are you, Avion? We're just on, like, the, the main upper deck, yeah, like, by the, the yeah. helm is. So, I think, I think what she does, actually, is once you, you know, you're, you're like, you give her this, you know, oh, it's fine, you know, we're, we're good, like, don't worry about it, you can handle it anyway. She kind of, like, you know, she has her little, her, her staff club thing, and she, uh, you know, kind of leans it against the rail um, and she just reaches down and like holds your hand. Aww. And you guys are like looking off at the ocean together. Uh, one of you has to die. <laughs> this is what has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean the, the rest of the afternoon passes uneventfully so you guys are, you know, doing your normal stuff, you're cutting potatoes. John's host, how about we go ahead and make this first cooking roll, shall we? Let's see how All good this right. lunch is. Alright. I love how we're literally going to make that roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a skill, and he doesn't have a very high skill of it. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm gonna make my cooking roll. So, so, and... so what are you making? Are you making a stew? I'm, yeah, just, yeah, just a sort of a light stew. Okay. Obviously with potatoes. It'll be, yeah... Some potatoes. No, the potatoes are for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes, we're going to let them sit overnight to form a nice green film. I'm going to fork in mystery meat-wise. Of course you will, because there's going to be some random crap meat that no one knows exactly what it is that's going into this stew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely fork in fire building. Uh, Good point. You're, you're Good making job. a fire to make this stew. Well, hopefully. <laughs> um, and I think I think Connor is, or Pudino is offering help with uh, his knives. Alright. So your intent here is to make a good meal that everybody likes? Yes. Okay. 
What are we looking at for an obstacle? Uh, well, let's. I mean, we've never made a cooking roll on this in this game before. Let's go ahead and look at cooking. I think it's going to be an ob two. I, it, normally, it would be a little bit higher than that because there's so many people that you're making it for. But yeah, just with a simple stew, let's make it up to. All right. What? Oh, wow. Oh, no. You got, um, you got a six. You got a six. Thinking I might just spend a fate on okay. that one. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> How is that even possible? Oh, no. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, John Toast. <laughs> It's so great because the stakes have risen because you failed to make a good stew. This is Bernie <laughs> Wheel, my friends. While he's cooking, I poison the food. Really? Damn yeah. one. Meal one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, do you have poison? He is wishing I had taken a lower brawling and a higher cooking. Should I have taken a skill for poison? I mean, yeah, it's a skill. Really? I thought I'd just pour something crappy in there. I mean, yeah, you could pour something crappy in there, but knowing what is going to actually like, kill people and doing it discreetly so that, like, he doesn't notice. Well, that's inconspicuous and assassin. I guess that would be, yeah, inconspicuous. But let, here, let's look at, I'm going to look at poisons real quick. So poisons is a specialized apothecary skill that allows the character to concoct harmful substances from herbs, minerals, yes, and animalia. So you can just drop something in there, but again, like knowing what to drop is the key here. I don't think you really assassination-wise. You're you're gonna make a roll here, but you can No no assassination-wise is the skill I'm rolling to figure out what I should poison. That is true. That's actually very true. That's exactly what you're doing. You're trying to poison it so that it will kill everyone? Yes. Okay, that's ob four. This is the knowledge skill, Connor, to know what to put in the poison. So with what you're given in the the pantry, so you're like looking around at all the different stuff, you can't find anything or you at least can't think of anything with the ingredients that you can mix together to actually kill people. You can make you can make them all really sick, but it wouldn't necessarily kill them. Like you could you could. Okay, let's do that. Okay, you have to make people really sick. Yeah. Okay. Why not? You can do that. Uh, so make an inconspicuous roll uh, to to go unnoticed while doing this. Oh shoot! I forgot my observation okay. or perception. <laughs> Should have taken that as a skill. Oh well. So yeah, you're gonna be making an untraved observation test, Jontos. You know what? No, I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Okay. You didn't tell me the ob. I'm not gonna do it. So so yeah. So we we see Podino like looking through these ingredients, and then he's just like mm, has this like frown on his face, and he just puts it back and just goes back to cutting the potatoes and putting them in the stew. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And the audience just thinks that I I had this really awesome like like family recipe that I was right, gonna right. family spice and was gonna put in it to make so, it better. So let's actually say that Jontos actually notices you looking at those random ingredients. No. Okay, no. all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're going to have to roll it inconspicuous, if that's oh, the case. okay. Yeah, because, I mean, just looking through the ingredients could look suspicious under the right circumstances, so. Wow. What? You got no successes. So my base <laughs> obstacle is zero. Yeah, your base <laughs> obstacle is zero. Oh, man, you suck. Cool. I got literally all four of my base successes. <laughs> Oh man, he failed that. You failed every single one. <laughs> you have a plus five. You doubled all. Oh, I don't know. Wow. 
Um, okay, so this what happens then is Jonto is no, fine. I find him yeah, digging through yeah, the spices. Digging through what would be the most awkward of things for him to be digging through that would just set off red flags. Um, yeah, I, okay, I think he's looking at the rat poison, all right? Like, you find him just, like, looking at this rat poison and then, like, looking at the stew. <laughs> and, and, yeah, <laughs> Podino, you're, like, you could have sworn that he had stepped out for a second, right? And then, you, but he just steps, like, right back in. Did you find rats in the pantry already? It's usually at least a week or two before they show up. <laughs> this is... Oh. No, 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 you're gonna go wash your hands after touching that. I don't want you touching any more food until you've washed your hands. Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, of course, of course. Sorry, hands. sorry. I thought it was a, a special spice my uh, family used to make. <laughs> yeah, no. So, no. So, we, we, we so don't that's a falsehood spices. roll. <laughs> that's a falsehood roll. Untrained. <laughs> untrained falsehood roll. But you have, a, you have a call entry that you could use, so. Mm-hmm. Can I fork it in conspicuous? Uh, no, because it's untrained, so you can't. Cool. So, okay. so yeah, you you look at this poor savage, and you're just like, oh, bless your heart, you know? You're trying. You're trying to help out. I, I get it. I get it. You're, you're trying, but that's rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> At least you not put that in the stick. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> when I was younger, we were... Out at sea. We'd been out to sea for probably near two months. And hadn't seen land in about five weeks. And we were all hungry. Terribly hungry because the cook, the cook had died. <laughs> rather unexpectedly in a completely unrelated incident involving some sea monsters. So, so wait, were, one, one second. <laughs> Podino, while he's starting to just go r- ramble into this story, what, how are you responding to this? I am very intent okay. on listening. Right. Here we are with no cook. And so, as you can imagine, we're just, well, we're eating what we can scrape together. And, you know, we eventually made it through our entire larders with the food. And there was very, very little left. And see, my brother and I were younger than probably ought to be digging around in a larder. But Particularly the letter on this ship, because it was also where the weapons locker was. <laughs> Captain wasn't very bright, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I'm taking, my brother's taking around, and he just gets a, he, he picks up the thing of rat poison. Thinking, oh, it was this food, and he pours it all over himself, all over himself, in his eyes, in his face, on his hands, and quicker than you can blink, he's laying there on the floor completely sick. It was the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. And he was sick in bed for five, six days. It was horrible. Moral of the story, don't play with rat poison. Ever. (laughs) 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 Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So so this begs the question, what actually did go wrong to make the stew bad? (laughs) I didn't make a stew that everybody loves. I didn't make a stew that everybody really liked. Okay. So that so, was, the, that was yeah. the stated intent was to make a stew that everybody liked. Sure. It's not, yeah. not to make a stew that's edible. 
<laughs> I would have right. Yeah, I would have yeah, yeah. That would have been a little bit lower, and okay, that would have had yeah. more drastic consequences so, had I gotten it wrong. Yeah. So I think what we, we probably think, just like yeah. I think, think perhaps what, it's just people don't like it. It's it's not great. It's, I think what we get is the cameras like going through the massive, you know, the sailors who are just eating their stew and stuff like that. And you hear a couple of comments of them like, "Uh, this isn't the best stew I've ever had." Uh, but then they they seem all hopefully optimistic because again, like. Avion had this big speech about rousing adventure. Like they're still on that. We're on an adventure mm-hmm. high, and the drudgery mm-hmm. of the day to day experience hasn't set in yet. And so they're all like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, it's fine. It's the the rough of the road, right?" Like, ah, uh, you know, the sort of thing that makes camping in a tent fun the first couple days, and then it starts stops it stops being fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't go too badly. I think what happens is Gen comes up to you, Jantos, um, and he kind of like. He's putting the best face on it. He's 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 taking a big bite. He's like, "You're getting there, John Toast. You're getting there." It's horrible, isn't it? No, no, it's not horrible. <laughs> That's a great vote of confidence, right there. And then and then he laughs and he's like, "Oh no, no, no! Don't don't worry about it, brother. Seriously, you're not a cook. I mean, this is just a, a thing you're learning how to do. It's it's all good. We're fine." <laughs> It's edible, right? Like, there's no poison in it. Right? Well, <laughs> I did catch my kitchen hand looking at the rat poison, and he did comment about it being so... He was, uh, he was apparently looking for some spice that his family used to use in stews all the time, but he looked at the rat poison, and you know very well how that goes, don't you? <laughs> you should roll an observation roll for Telia to hear that. The rat poison. I have absolutely no reason to keep it quiet. So. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah, I think she just hears it. Yeah, I think she hears so it. Thing, she's just ultra paranoid and hears oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, cool. I've based all of her beliefs and instincts off of that fact. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so um, I think what happens is, I mean, again, uh, just first, you know, first off says he's, he kind of like sets down the stew like on, the, on like a crate and he's like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm not going to eat any more of this. He's <laughs> had rat poison. And I remember exactly how that went down. And then Talia like kind of saunters it over. It wasn't nearly as dramatic. Right. Yeah, and he knows <laughs> that too. As, but yeah, as, as the story I told to Podino. Yeah, I would assume that you'll just automatically take about fifty percent off of anything I tell. And mm-hmm. if I actually make a falsehood roll for it, go ahead and take off closer to seventy-five percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so Talia like kind of saunters over, and she has her. What is it called again? I need to look that up because I stopped calling it this club staff thing. Kanabo. Uh, she has her Kanabo and uh, just holding it, not in a threatening way, but in a very, like, I have this way. In the sort of air of confidence. I have this. Yeah, I know how to use this. I know how to it. use this. And she's like, uh, cook. Yes. Can I help you? What did I hear about uh, rat poison? Oh, there was a deckhand. You put the rat poison in the kitchen. And that needs to get moved. You just have a cabin boy over to help me move it later. I don't want to move it myself. Don't like rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she gives you that look like, I have my eyes on you, and then just kind of like walks off. <laughs> but that's the look she gives everyone, so. But I don't necessarily know this yet. <laughs> I mean, I assume I've seen her with Avian, and he's gotten the idea she's kind of jumpy and overexcitable. Yeah, so or not jumping necessarily, just sort of on paranoid. edge. Paranoid. Paranoid. Thank you. Words. Yeah, that, that goes over well. So so I think like the lunch was like biscuits and you know, like 
just like mm-hmm. a simple like lunch of snacky kind of stuff that you didn't really have to prepare. You just kind of mm-hmm. like hand it out, like had this crate of biscuits, and you're like, "Hey, here you go," kind of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is like at like they're as, fresh because yeah. we're just leaving port, uh-huh, so uh-huh. might and, as well enjoy the fresh ones. And you so got like, seven. It's seven resources just leaving the port, so <laughs> you got oh, some, yes. you got some fresh biscuits. Um, Good biscuits with some honey. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure Avion has spared no expense to make his sailors happy, at least in the first couple days of the voyage. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't really buy anything in the middle of the ocean. Exactly. You'd be surprised what you can barter off of a sea monster. Ajanto <laughs> uh, says to nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking this character now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, this, it's like towards evening, close the day off with uh, these soldiers being hopefully optimistic about the cooking there on <laughs> out. <laughs> um, and uh, Avion, what, what are you up to? Uh, probably just chilling. Playing, uh, playing checkers with with a deckhand, or, or well, no, 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 not a deckhand. Uh, one of the mercenaries. So, so again, or, or chess. Let's say it's it's yeah. It's John playing chess with again. How is that going? I, I like to think I'm winning. I'm definitely going to give Gen strategy games as an actual skill. Now that you've said that, <laughs> oh, this is great. So, so let's it's go definitely ahead. something he's had to pick up from the mercenaries, yeah, though. Yeah. So, uh, Avion, go ahead and make uh, roll of being learned uh, strategy games roll. Um, I believe that's an actual skill. Yeah, strategy games. Wow. What's the uh, the ob? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and roll for him. The ob is going to be a two. Oh man! Oh wow! Uh, you really you <laughs> have five dice. That's sad. Yeah. So I mean, he wins. Um, I think he does it graciously because you know that you're paying his check, but. Uh, I mean, he still beats you by a lot. What? He only got two. I got one. No, but the, again, the obstacle for you is four. Not two. Yeah. So his success is doubled. So it's no. one versus a four. So he beats you very badly. Um, but he, he disagrees. He's gracious about it. Uh, he's like, ah, <laughs> better luck next time, Baron Volus. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. You are, you are a very bright one indeed. <laughs> Do you know? I don't think that's an actual saying. Okay. Apparently, it's, yeah, it's apparently it's a Viridian it saying not. to say Jiminy Crickets. I just invented it. There's a reason for that. Isn't Why the there? Pope's pantaloons? Is it perhaps not Jiminy, but Gemini Crickets? Because of an old... The, the, the cricket statues that have gems for eyes. Gemini Very, Crickets. Yes, it was, it was a common feature in religious statuary at one yeah, point. Yeah, yep. And then sort of fell significantly out of favor when the religion of um, Serrano sort of became more... Because do- that's more dominant, right? Um, not necessarily in Nuamhati. Um, no, okay. Yeah, because it's, it's more or less isolationist. Like, they don't like spreading the religion out. Okay, so they're not, they're not, they're not a really evangel- yeah. evangelistic type religion. Because they're kind of, of a- racially superior. Like, okay. like Serrano and Serrano only being the, the faithful. Sure, sure. So it's like it's one of those where other people can be part of it, but they have to. Right. It's principally Serrano because that's who we are. Yep. Okay, so it's much more of a. It's more like ancient Israel rather than Catholicism. Sure, sure. So it's much more of a. Yeah. It's much more of a national religion. Yep. It's part of the identity. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Dino, did you want to again? Did you want to do anything when it gets darker? I want to just go spy on what Trevor's doing. Okay, go ahead and make an inconspicuous roll for us. Um, okay. To, like, 
be discreet about the fact that you're going towards the he's not the investor he's the the owner of the the enterprise going to his cabin so i'm just gonna say base ob three because your intent is to get to the cabin without being noticed correct yeah i failed so you failed um so i I think uh talia definitely notices you but she misinterprets it as you're trying to she doesn't necessarily mistrust you because you were hired also by avion to protect him Mm -hmm. um but she definitely notices you and i think she notices you trying not to be noticed right so so she kind of like just steps up next to you and she says do you see something as in like implying like are you so someone trying to hurt avion and you're 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 sneaking around trying to follow him or whatever she's giving you the benefit of the doubt i'm concerned about the the man that has been underneath the deck for so long what could he be doing down there could he be a threat yeah i think she she narrows her eyes and she she's like i guess it is a little bit suspicious now that you mention it let's go check it out shall we <laughs> all right i'm i'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to me uh, to me at least i mean i he knows me through avion she's checking up and seeing how he's doing and then yeah she looks at you I, and she's I like feel, i would feel very much and i actually do fumble over my words I would feel very, very, uh, very much better, very much better if 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 you did that. Good, good. Are you coming with? Uh, absolutely. So, do you know how to speak Garrick better than your Lady Lon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured playing this noble savage yeah, character. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's, so it's good. I'm I'm liking this character too, Connor. <laughs> I don't like him, but I like him again. This is going to be fun. Yeah, this really is. So yeah, you guys are going to check that out, and we'll we'll open that up as with the next thing uh, with Trevor. Okay. And I think we'll probably close there. We're almost done with today's episode. The last segment of the show today is the way we end every session, handing out Artha by referring to each character's beliefs, instincts, and traits. I'll remind you of these concepts briefly now. A character's beliefs, usually they have three of them, are statements that tell us something they believe about the world around them and what they're going to do about it. Beliefs exist to give the game master, me in this case, direction about what your character cares about in the game. During a session, we play out the drama of characters attempting to follow their beliefs, and me as the GM attempting to hinder and challenge them. If a character works towards accomplishing their belief, they are awarded a fate point at the end of the session. If a character completes their belief by accomplishing the task portion, they earn a persona point, and now can rewrite the second portion of their belief to accomplish something else related to that belief about the world. Instincts are things a character does instinctually, or without thinking about it. Instincts can be positive, such as always carry a knife on me, 
allowing a character to always have a knife on them unless I, as the game master, make a special point of having a non-player character search their person for hidden knives. They can also be negative, such as never let an insult go unchallenged. A character doesn't always have to play into their instinct, but if a character has an instinct that could get them into trouble, like the one I just mentioned, and they act on it in the game and make the game more interesting, they are awarded a fate point at the end of the session. Instincts are usually written as always, never, or if-then statements. Like beliefs, you can rewrite instincts at any time. Traits come in all shapes and sizes, such as character traits, which are simply words that describe how your character looks or behaves, die traits, which provide bonus dice or increased obstacles to certain actions or situations, and call-on traits, which can be used to re-roll all filled dice on one test a session with a certain skill or stat. When a trait gets a character into trouble or complicates the story, they are awarded a fate point. Unlike beliefs and instincts, traits are permanent fixtures of a character and can only be changed through powerful magic or through a trait vote. Now, let's get to our breakdown of the character's beliefs, instincts, and traits and see what Artha they earned. So let's go ahead and look at your beliefs and instincts real quick and uh, hand out some fate. Uh, Avion? Okay, if I don't handle it personally, it won't get done. Therefore, I'll stop everyone else from ruining this venture. Uh, yeah, then... I think I think you work towards that just for the oratory role, right? Like, you're making sure that no one else screws this up by inspiring them not to. <laughs> Even though my wife is crazy, I still love her. I'll prevent her from getting herself into trouble. I mean, there, was, no, that didn't really... yeah, there wasn't really any trouble to get her out of. So to be yeah. honest, this next thing that's going to happen would be something to get her out of. <laughs> yeah. Since everyone is lower than me, it's my responsibility to take care of the lesser. So I will take care of Podino. I gave him stuff. You gave him knives, sure. Yep. Rulership is my natural and ordained task. Therefore, I will make sure everything goes to plan. Oh, yeah, I have uh, four beliefs. Man, this guy's arrogant. <laughs> yeah, no, he good. really is. He's arrogant in the sense of I've been put it above everybody yeah. else. And I'm going to make everyone's lives better. Yeah. So I suppose that's a good arrogant as opposed to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, go ahead go and take fate for that instead of the first belief. Because, I mean, you didn't right. try to stop people from ruining the venture. You just made sure everything was going according to plan. Okay. Instincts. Always solve my problems with money. No. Uh, always take the leadership position. That didn't get me into trouble. Uh, I am always superior to those around me. That also didn't get me into trouble. Uh, yeah, I don't, okay. think, I don't think any of your traits got you into trouble either. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you got you got two fate. Uh, that's actually pretty good for playing an hour and a half. <laughs> Hodino. Alright, I want to kill everyone on the ship. I will start by trying to poison on board. Poison everyone on board, I don't know why. Uh, you tried. I failed, but did it necessarily get me into you, trouble? You made a, no, again, beliefs are just something you have to work towards. So you, you made a roll to try to do that. You didn't go through with it, but you, you made a roll. So take me for it. Okay. I'll make sure that Trevor dies, even if nobody else does. I will start by learning his weak points. You work towards I mean, you, you started there, so take a fate for it. Words are more dangerous than knives. I'll make sure innocence is always on my side. Take another fate for that. Uh, instincts is off the throat. Always be planning for the worst to happen. Always try to shift the blame to someone else. And yeah, none of those came up, really. Yeah. Uh, traits, desperate. Tasting the lash. Sea legs, exotic, cold-hearted. Iron stomach. Honorable. Or of innocence, hard work. Yeah, I don't think, and none of those got you into trouble. So cool. You got three fate though. Uh, John, tell us. I want to make the best of my new situation, so I'll try to make friends with the crew. I don't know how much I really did for the whole crew. I mean, I 
sort of tried with Podino a little bit, but yeah. mainly it's because he approached me. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You didn't out. actually work towards it. Someone else worked mm-hmm. towards one of their beliefs. My brother has made the best of what life has given him. I will try to do the same. I'll start by finding something new to be better at. Um, I haven't really started on that one yet. My brother got me this job as cook, so I'll be the best flame and cook that I can be. Well, let me take pay for that. You tried. <laughs> I tried. You tried anyway. Yeah. Instincts always look for the best in a situation. Always have a good story. If there's drinking to be done, I'll be part of it. Yeah, I don't think any of those got you into trouble. Not yet, anyway. Nope. And looking at my traits, doesn't look like well. Unlucky. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Try and rat poison. Yeah, and go ahead and take fate for that, because I mean, of course, it's you have the guy who's helping you make the stew is going to poison everyone. All right. Cool. Well, that was awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this is going to. The thing is, we have really good characters that are bouncing off of each other in really interesting ways, and we have a way to always be moving forward the narrative because we kn- we have a goal. It'll be cool. Well, I'm excited. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and end here. Yeah, this has been the first episode of Year of Raising Winds. So we'll see what happens next time. Adios, have a good night. We're out. That was episode one of Year of Raging Winds. I hope you're enjoying our new adventure so far. Since this side campaign is already bonus content in and of itself, I won't be releasing any extras in between episodes. But for the next month, you'll be getting an episode each Saturday. I'll see you next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.